Welcome to the Mic Drop Podcast, Episode 2, 10 Tech Items We Can't Do Without. Welcome to the Mic Drop Podcast. This is another Mike's cast. Mm-hmm. And today I'm Mike C. I'm here with Mike T. And mm-hmm. we have a really fun topic planned, fun and informative. How you doing, Mike T? Excellent, sir. Yes. How about yourself? I'm great and I you know I like to laugh and I like irony and today we're going to talk about tech things we can't do without and this is actually our second take you bet because we had a tech failure that is correct yep. yeah and, and it, yeah. the fun part was it was during the segment where I was talking about my recorder <laughs> yeah the recorder failed it's um, like when sportscasters talk about somebody being a really good free throw shooter <laughs> and then they immediately miss yep. the next free throw Yep, or field goal kicker. Yep, it always happens. Yeah. He hasn't okay, so missed I, this year. Yeah, yeah. How did he hear that? <laughs> um, so th- this week we're talking about that the prompt from you was one to five tech things we cannot live without. Yes. And uh, since this is our second try, the first try I think we meandered a little bit. Yep. I bet this time, I don't, I don't right need to it. speak for you, but I think this time we're, we're more organized. Yep. We're ready to go. And... I think we both struggled with one to five. It's either zero or a hundred. Is yeah, that your experience? Too? That's correct. Yeah. So uh, I don't think anyone's getting what they're what they're paying for here. Well, I hope they're paying nothing. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah. Um, just their time. <laughs> the uh, okay. So you know, we wanted to to start off, and I think Mike, you've got a a great definition of technology that we can start off with because it's hard to know in our day and age what technology means. Like, yeah, it, essentially, I I know my dad uh, was a a big uh, car mechanic person when he was in college. Like, he spent a lot of time working on his own Volkswagen, um, wow. and now he says the car is just so technology technologically advanced that you can't go and work on the car. You need almost a computer programmer to uh, help you work on this car. So uh, Mm -hmm, technology, mm -hmm. uh, I would consider a car technology, but right now, is it more technological because it has a motherboard? Um, So I don't know. What what does technology mean to you? And uh, maybe you can tell us about the etymology of the word too. Okay. So I think the strong implication was that we were going to talk about computer programs and computer apps and yes. things like that. But then our last couple conversations, you surprised me by going really back to basics with questions like, what is summer? Um, <laughs> what is a rehearsal? And then the one that really blew me away is we were talking about being prepared for a rehearsal. And your preparation tip number one was knowing when it is. <laughs> <laughs> which I think we don't always think about. But you could be yeah. really prepared for a rehearsal and just show up on the wrong day. Yeah. And yeah, so I think it's fun it's fundamental. It's fundamental and we we generally don't think about it. But um so in preparation for that, I thought I got to get my act together. So I looked up the origin, the etymology of the word technology, which is a combination of two Greek ancient Greek words which are techni or techne, mm-hmm. somebody help me with that, and logos. Techne means art, skill, or craft, or the, the means through which you, you acquire or gain something. And logos means word, or the connotation, it means like a the expressing something or the way something's expressed. So technology, at least to ancient Greeks, meant 
um, a discourse about the way things are gained. Now, obviously, that's not the way we think about technology, and I'm pretty sure it shifted at some point and maybe post-industrial revolution. I don't know. But yeah. by that definition, all sorts of stuff is a technology, you know, yeah. a, a, any way to gain information. And I was also thinking about this awesome book I read about seven inventions that change the world. And yeah. let's, they're, they're pretty fundamental, like wheel, inclined yeah. plane. You can find inclined planes naturally, but building one yourself, that is an invention. That's how they built the pyramids. What about pulley yep. or wedge? Yep. Or um, ball bearing. How about um, a lever? A lever. Yeah, that seems important. All so, simple machines. Yeah. So we go back to fundamentals. And, and when we were talking before, before our tech failure, you were also saying there's technology all around us that, yep. of course, we can't live without everything from refrigerators to telephones to anything. But sure. maybe lenses. for the purposes of contact lenses or contact lenses mm. uh, and uh but maybe for the purpose of today, we could confine yeah. it to we'll whittle it um, down. things that have helped us in our lives, either musically or not. And I think we both have, we both kind of cheated and we have answers that are both general and specific. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, maybe I'll just get going and we can, we can alternate if that's okay. Mm -hmm. The, um, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about were like kind of like general things, things that are almost umbrellas uh, technologically over my life. Because m my life, I am generally an analog person. I don't use an iP iPad to play music, um, except for like maybe one instance in the past uh, past few years. Like I don't use the iPad. I don't use a digital metronome um, or a, a, like a phone app metronome. I keep an analog practice log and journal. Um, so really, I, I use the, the the laptop for worky kinds of things, and I, I uh, we can get into that, and the the phone for certain things. But uh, now, I here think, we go again, back to <laughs> basics. <laughs> for me, the the <laughs> you got me. The uh, <laughs> I literally yawned. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, me too. The uh, uh, so I think the focus mode on on my Apple devices is a, a really important thing for me. Mm -hmm. It allows me to switch into a digital context that helps and supports deep work. Mm -hmm. uh, to use Cal Newport's term there, so it, I can set a focus mode that uh, doesn't allow me to see certain inboxes in my email, and it doesn't mm -hmm. uh, in it. Uh, uh, doesn't show certain uh, maybe contacts or or messages or iMessages or things. So I, I I love those those focus modes. I um, have a, a, an NFC tag that triggers a focus mode, um, so I can wow. put my phone on a tag in a cabinet and then close the door, and then that triggers a whole series of things uh, for me to to know that it's work time. And, uh, wow, can... this is super villain stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we should we should do a, a little brief shout out to Dr. Andrew Bliss. Um, for you know, I feel like he would geek out at a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. So I think that that focus mode is really important for me, and you know, it takes a second to curate the focus modes, and it seems like oh well, this is a waste of time, but honestly, it'll save you time in those focus moments. Um, mm. And then. Uh, 
a companion piece to that is a little plug-in add-on I have for Outlook that's called Boomerang. And mm-hmm. it allows me to snooze emails and also uh, shut down the inbox for a, a segment of time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that segment of time is uh, just a matter of hours, or sometimes I'll I'll do it over the weekend to make sure I'm I'm getting work done and not just sucked into the um, to the work grind. Uh, I use it a lot for sending emails later. So uh, I don't want to send one of my colleagues an email over the weekend because that's their mm-hmm. sacred time. So um, so I'll have everything sent Monday morning at eight. But if I do want to work over the weekend, I won't have to bother anybody else with that. And that's that's the boomerang um, for Outlook. So uh, those are kind of some general things. I mean, do you have anything in terms of focusing or um, getting to work like that? Yeah, help you? I mean, one of my five answers was about focus, which is something that I struggle with. Anybody who uh, has worked with me knows that after a certain amount of minutes, I'm no longer focused. Or if there's a loud noise or the smell of ice cream or um, popcorn, if popcorn is around, I'm definitely doing that. But things I use for focus, I have, uh, I use things to block physical sound in addition Mm. to computer notifications. So that could be earplugs. That mm-hmm. could be uh, headphones. I look for things that I can live without. So I have noise canceling headphones, but I could easily live without them. But my preferred way of being, if I have to work in a loud environment, is to use noise canceling headphones and then put white noise into them. So mm-hmm. I have an app called Simply Noise, which guess what it does? It creates white noise. I use brown noise, which okay, is kind of my is. favorite my favorite color of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of other settings, I like to use airplane mode on my phone, but the biggest setting is to set my phone far away from myself if I have to get something done. Analog. Um, analog and then I'll turn off the Wi-Fi. Um, that's powerful, um, yeah. powerful for me. I like um, that. It's like a, it's like the equivalent of, of like, you know, opening up the door and throwing the keys out or something, you know? That's right. Like, well, just I, I think about it the same way if you're trying to stop eating chocolate what's okay. the number one way to stop eating chocolate don't have chocolate near you right you cannot eat chocolate <laughs> and so if you're trying to stop using your phone or trying to focus on something where you don't need your phone the number one way to do that is to not have your phone near you yeah and that's something i really i really value personally um yeah and I, i'm i'm gonna uh i'm gonna jump in and uh and just amplify the headphone thing um mm-hmm. i didn't i I should uh, admit that I didn't make a one to five list. I don't oh, know on. what number this, I'm sorry. Um, but I will say that one of my top five choices are the analog headphones, mm-hmm. like the actual like nice pair of Sennheiser uh, headphones that I'm using right now that mm-hmm. uh, can realize sound in a certain way. And uh, they're able to, to be faithful to the, um, uh, to the music that we care so much about. And, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, if you're, uh, if you are a scholar and you're reading, um, some text out of a book and that book is, uh, may have a few words missing or the, the text is blurry. Um, mm-hmm. are you really doing due diligence to that study of that text? 
Um, yeah. You know, so I think that getting a nice pair of headphones as a musician and being able to listen to music in a high quality focused environment for me changed the game, completely wow. changed the way I interfaced with music. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, Actually, as a, as a sidebar, um, I was in a doctoral defense once and we entered the room and the person presented their paper. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was about, but it doesn't really matter for the purposes of this story. And then mm-hmm. one of the professors in the room said, you know, I hate, I hate this paper. I hate your paper. Wow. And, and that guy got super nervous. He got really nervous. And then unfortunately this professor paused a little bit too long because the next thing he said was the paper you used is really lightweight. It's flimsy. (laughs) (laughs) It should have been heavier paper. Yeah. The double meaning of paper. Yeah. I wish he had just gone right into the next sentence. Right. Um, Maybe he had to like hiccup or, or something. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I didn't think too much about the analog technologies of playing percussion, but they really make a difference, right? I, I think Absolutely. about a triangle clip. If you yep. have a triangle clip that suspends the triangle really well, the triangle sounds better. Or yep. if you have, uh, I did think about mallet bags, because I think we're both in concurrence about mallet bags. If you have a mallet bag that allows you to carry your mallets really in an organized way, mm-hmm. that saves you hundreds of hours. Yep. Um, or if you have a snare drum where the snares can be turned on quietly, <laughs> that seems pretty helpful. Um, or a case for the snare drum, which is something sometimes my students forget to get. Yeah. Um, or a yeah. backpack just to hold hold your books. Yeah. Um, as you're going around. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, um, that's it. I think the the um, s- sometimes we we forget that part of our job is research. And Mm -hmm. research is listening for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and listening, yeah, we could sit there and listen passively to something, but but being able to listen to, like, the nuance of color and sound Mm -hmm. is is a critical ability. We may not be wanting to do that all the time, but so I I think doubling down on your idea of the headphones um, and make that investment in your in your future. <laughs> One thing that uh, that is uh, funny and maybe our listener might have noticed is that my recommendation for headphones was to shut out sound. <laughs> <laughs> but but you invested in nice quality headphones that you can use to listen to high quality yes, music. Yes, yes. In fact, I I have multiple pairs of headphones. Yeah. Um that can serve different different functions. <laughs> Um, I mean, I also have the headphones, like the Vic Firth headphones that, uh, that, you know, block out 80 decibels of sound. Yeah. I think they give them to you when you learn how to fire a bazooka. (laughs) I used them when I was recording a chime solo with click track. Uh, you know, like the sound pressure levels quite high. Um, so I'll, I'll, uh, can I go on to another piece of hardware? And that, is it something that allows people to skip forward in podcasts? <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Should we talk about Overcast now? Or <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, okay, sorry. My, is my my recorder my Zoom yes. H4n Pro recorder that I'm able to plug microphones into? Um, I can use it to record. It records uh, onto an SD card, and it's something I can take with me every, everywhere. Uh, 
it allows me to record myself and hear back how I sound. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not studio quality, but you can plug microphones into it and it becomes studio quality. Mm-hmm. So and I, I think, think what, one thing I great. like about the Zoom is that it's generally audio only. So you, yeah. it forces you to listen, which is yeah. kind of nice. Um, yep. Instead of watching yourself and, and listening, which is also incredible. But yeah, you get distracted by the yeah, by the visuals yeah. sometimes and it, and so i i would probably recommend um watching the video with the sound off mm. and then listening to the the sound mm. with the video off um and then you won't be influenced by one or the other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah that's the uh what do you think i mean uh, do you have any other like hardware <laughs> do i no um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some of the things I want to talk about are kind of more uh, in between analog and and te- technological technologies, but I think we can cover that as w- as we go through things because I have a whole section here that's like ways in which I can kind of like gather ideas. But in terms of hardware stuff, um, I try to be hardware agnostic because mm-hmm. we all get to places where we just don't have something, and yeah. I. I, 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 and also just, it's, it's nice to be technologically humble because if we're in the position where we can teach and then you tell your students in order to be my student, you need to, um, purchase a soundproof room. <laughs> and in this soundproof room, you need to place five Fabergé eggs that are wired for contact <laughs> microphone recording. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's helpful for us to be specific about the kind of stuff we want, but then also know that it's possible to do this kind of stuff without it. We were just talking uh, before we recorded about like glasses as a technology, right? contact lenses. So I I don't have anything that technologically I absolutely, absolutely um, need Mm -hmm. to make music. Although I would say I'm probably much more of a techie than than you are. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amazing. Wow. So, Although I have I have a list of like 500 apps here and things, <laughs> so maybe um, that's kind of a lie. Well, do you want do you want to go through some apps or uh, what? What were you thinking of presenting next? Okay, I had because you asked for five, and I like being a good student. I had five categories of things. So, um, and they are technology that helps me learn, technology that helps me capture my ideas. Um, technology that helps me focus, mm-hmm. uh, technology that helps me organize myself, and then technology that helps me make mu- make helps me make music. Oh, great! Um, yeah. So in terms of, I'll I'll go backwards. Yeah. Techno- let's maybe we can do music because theoretically we're we're musicians, sure. although we're both interested in productivity. So music making, the stuff that I think is most most valuable, and I don't know if you'll agree, is that the thing that changed my life was the pedal to change pages on the iPad. Oh, sure. Um, this allowed me to get out of the poster board world. And I found that really, really, really helpful. It's a technology that once you know its foibles is is great. I use a particular brand, the Air Turn, but there's so many other brands. Maybe goes without saying. And then yep. along with that, I use this app called Fourscore, which I think a lot of iPad users use. I like that. I mean, everybody likes it. Um, I, it's got all sorts of things. And I think we're going to talk about that at another time. But I would say the number one most used music making app is Dropbox. 
I okay. love Dropbox. Wow. I use Dropbox to manage my scores. They're all in alphabetical order by composer. And then it kind of syncs with my four score. I use Dropbox to save things and share things really easily. Yeah. Um, I'm making some video projects. You can bounce versions off one another um, in, in Dropbox. Um, so I find that, and, and I like that it's interface on my computer. It looks like a folder. So, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe those are three things that are sort of self-evident, but, yeah. but they're probably, when I was thinking about what are the technologies I use the most to make music, it's probably those three. The fourth one is a timer. Um, okay. Uh, but I put that under my focus setting. A timer, I'll set a timer when I'm practicing um, generally for 25 minutes, sometimes for 30 or 40 minutes. And that's so that I can allow myself to focus. Yeah. You know that feeling when you know you have to meet with somebody at four o'clock and at 3.30 you start thinking about what time it is. Mm -hmm. um, what I like about setting the timer is that it's not my responsibility anymore. Mm -hmm. And it helps me learn how I learn because I'll say, okay, I'm going to warm up for 30 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, I can ask myself, did I finish or did yeah. I not? And then the next time I practice, I can go, well, it's going to take me a little bit longer than that. So instead of it being so much of a mystery. Um, so th those are the four I would say for music making. Do you want to take over and well, offer I, some? Well, I actually have down um, the, uh, a couple things in that timer mm -hmm. um, uh, category, I guess. Like mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. don't particularly use uh, a timer right now but i have in the past and i think there's something in productivity world called the pomodoro technique the mm -hmm. essentially like 25 5 mm -hmm. i think was is the standard for that but essentially it just means that have these focused um focused chunks of time and then intersperse that with time where you're not uh active in mm -hmm, that field mm -hmm. that you're actually physically out of that room um, where you're mentally trying to let that subconsciously digest. Mm -hmm, so um, mm -hmm. I love that idea. And I, I've used the Be Focused app in the past mm -hmm. for that. I've uh, I think Timerly or Timery, sorry, Timery, um, uh, uh, Toggle, I think is T-O-G-G-L. Oh, yeah. That was um, on my list. Um, yeah, I think those I are- I sorted the, the apps on my computer by amount of minutes I have used them. Oh, amazing. And that's definitely one that I use a lot. Oh, awesome. And you can label the timers, is that right? That's right. I mean, I, I hearken back to, I think in 2012, I was learning the piece Con Variations. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to myself, why can't I learn this piece? I, it's taking <laughs> me so long. And then I thought, okay, for a year, I'm going to track every minute I am practicing and what I practice. And then after a few months, I thought, oh, actually, I'm not getting better at this piece because I'm not practicing it. <laughs> um, and so I think something where you can, you um, can categorize, great, well, maybe I can, I can go through a few things yes, on yes, my, please. on my side that are, um, uh, music, music related. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, it's tricky cause some, some things are a little bit crossed over for me. Um, mm -hmm. I think one thing music related, that's very, very important for everyone is, uh, an app that you can use to read decibels mm. um, to know how loud a situation is because I, mm. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm no audiologist, but I think it's something like after 80 or 85 decibels, um, 
every five decibels like cuts the amount of time in half yes. that you can expo be exposed to it. So it's an exponential growth. I uh, think it's actually logarithmic. Logarith is it logarithmic? Yeah. So yeah, like so the I think. So, I don't so the growth like the how detrimental a sound is to your hearing like very mm -hmm. much increases and if you're in a band rehearsal for mm -hmm. two and a half hours and you have like 30 or 45 minutes of that two hours is at 95 or 100 decibels you're in trouble mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, like Mike was saying, the having earplugs or something that, you know, can attenuate decibels, then you can start to track it. And the decibel reader mm -hmm. that was recommended to me by the audiologist here at Ithaca college, um, is called NIOSH, S L M N I O S H. Second word is S L M. And I wish that it were more aptly named like decibel reader, um, or, but that, that is just, uh, it's should be part of everyone's music folder on the stand. Like you put the music on the stand, you put the decibel reader next to it. If you see something that pops up to 90 or 95 decibels, just pop the earplugs in, keep going. Mm. So I think mm. that should be a part of everyone's, um, everyone's app handbook. Um, the, uh, 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 obviously, uh, some kind of recording software for for me, like Logic or GarageBand or even Audacity or something, should be a part of it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, um, and then finally, I'll, I'll have one more app that's uh, that's a music game that I'll use with my students um, when mm. we talk about timpani tuning. I, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we'll talk about that and we'll talk about the beating patterns and we'll go through everything. And a lot of times. You know, at a certain point, a, a student probably will just get overwhelmed or frustrated in the inability to hear these finer parts of pitch. So there's an app called InTune that I've used in a, for a while, and basically mm -hmm. it's a game. So you have two notes that get played, and they're kind of mm -hmm. like MIDI sound, and you can purchase different like timbres. Wow. Uh, so one of them's timpani, one of them's whatever. And uh -huh, uh -huh. essentially there's a dot on the page, Two notes get uh -huh. played. You either, if the second note is higher, you swipe up. If the second note is lower, you swipe down. And mm -hmm. the distance between that note goes anywhere from a half step where it starts down to just absolute fractions of a half step where essentially you are just hearing a few cents difference. Oh, in that's these cool. Two notes. That's really cool. So uh, I love it. It's a game. There's a score involved and it's a fun way to like practice hearing pitch. Um, without just sitting there whacking a drum all day. That's great. I love That's it. That's great. Yeah, and and I, I, I'll, uh, I'll say like for our listeners, we'll probably put some sort of document where we list in a more organized way a lot of these ideas um, or a lot of these apps. Wouldn't that be nice of us? What app are <laughs> um, we going to the... use to do that? <laughs> I think, uh, uh, and, and just so you know, that Intune app, I was in touch with the developer on that app mm -hmm. uh, because at a certain point, I feel like I'm just going based on feel. Uh -huh. And I I, uh, I wanted an option that the two notes are actually the same. Oh, so that I think, it will yeah, never be the same. At, well, when you're at a 120th of a half step, uh -huh. um, sometimes, like, is that note the same? You know, like, if, if are the two notes the actual, like, identical note? Or well, is I it would a half, say that, 20th of a half that step off? 
no two things are actually the same. Um, well, uh, I mean, in the app, like it, I can actually just... repeat repeat the note. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so yeah, and and he said uh, that he'd consider that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Cool. All right. So, uh, should, should I? Could, can I offer another one? Please. Yeah. The these are uh, th- these are things that though I'm I'm not always a big fan of the subscription model. Uh huh. I am happy to subscribe to a few things okay. because I use them so frequently. And uh, there, uh, you know, Mike and I are part of, uh, you know, schools and those schools have wonderful libraries and libraries have subscriptions to things. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of times we can get subscriptions just by being part of an organization. And Mm -hmm. for me, uh, having access to Medici TV and Met Opera On Demand and Berlin Concert Hall are critical like mm-hmm. I love the ability to go in there and see what the Berlin Phil is doing tonight mm-hmm. in Berlin. Nice. I don't know. Do, have yeah. you ever gotten into these? Oh, I or? love the Berlin Phil concert hall. I actually had to unsubscribe because I wasn't getting very much done. Right. So I love, I love it. I love it. And for me, the the equivalent of the Berlin Phil digital concert hall is JSTOR. Oh, I love yeah. reading journal articles. Maybe this says a little bit about me, but I love reading <laughs> journal articles and I love reading dissertations. Um, I love yep. finding grammatical errors in them. But more than that, I like find I like hearing people's ideas. And if you're in academia, the journal is the place where you have your most potent and sharpest arrows because it, it t- takes less time than writing a book and oh, it yeah. takes more time than writing an Instagram post. So... Yeah, but yeah. the Berlin Phil thing changed changed my life. I love how they organized it. The quality is amazing. And you really get a window into the, the programming of the Berlin Phil, which is much wider and broader than most orchestras, especially in the US. And the yeah. level of playing is incredible. Everybody in that group plays as though they are they are the concertmaster, yep. which I think is, is terrific. It's super inspiring and the sound quality is great. And um, it's a wonderful resource. Yeah, agreed. Um, mm. So I think you're you've got. Uh, what do you want to go to next? Um, I have a bevy of things, mm-hmm. just so that we don't we don't take all day, or maybe I don't know. Here are things about some things that that I use to organize my ideas. Obviously, anybody who's studying studied with me knows that I have technology, and I will tell you exactly how I use it. And I think I have a list of apps that kind of goes with yours. But here are some you might not know. Um, I use the dictation mode on my phone constantly because i can speak faster than i can write great and i need a place where i can at any moment articulate an idea it could be something like are onions fruits question mark or which they aren't or try this next week because i don't know about you but i tend to get ideas when when my brain is resting maybe i'm out walking or i'm cooking and having the ability to quickly open something and the notes app on my Apple device is probably the fastest thing to open. So it's full of information that later I put to put to other things. Mm. Um, in terms you, of organizing, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, oh, no, but do, mm-hmm. do you also use that on your computer, the dictation? Yes, constantly. Same. Constantly. Yeah. And it saves me a lot of time. I also hurt my wrists a few years ago. So I like to, um, I like to uh, speak as much as I can. 
And I'm sure everybody who knows me rolls their eyes because I goodness knows I like to talk. Do you uh, do you speak into you when you're writing your uh, blog posts or your emails or even this book? Are you speaking into that? I am. That's great. I am. I'm speaking because oftentimes when you speak your idea, it immediately sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, this isn't coherent. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And yeah, to a certain extent, we speak differently than we than we should write. But to another extent our writing should be narrative uh, yeah. to a point. And so, yeah, I use it. I, I'm not really equipped to use it in a public space emotionally, but <laughs> if I'm home, <laughs> I will use it. Right. And uh, I, I like it. It's pretty low key. Um, other things that help me stay organized, uh, pads of paper. I, I use like a very specific Rhodia pad that mm. I like because it has squares on it and the squares help my infantile mind stay focused. Um, I use post-its, not because I leave the post-it there permanently, because I like to the the, the idea of removing the post-it once I have decided what I'm going to do with that post-it. And I only use post-it brand post-its because the generic brand don't stick as well. That's correct. Um, yeah. I have a whole bunch of pencils and stuff, but I would say something else that I use to, to two things I use to kind of capture my ideas. One is a computer mouse. And I like a computer mouse that's left-handed. I use my left hand, even though I'm right-handed. But the, the big thing I discovered is a mouse with a silent click. Oh, um, well, it doesn't make a noise. A silent click. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no noise when you press that button. And this is valuable for all sorts of stuff. Um, right. If I want to be um, looking something up while I'm speaking with somebody, or you just don't want to bother anybody the silent click um hmm. and then on the other hand i have a piece of technology that's really loud is that i have a split keyboard um i don't need this of course but i have one <laughs> of these kinesis keyboards that's split and it's angled up yep so i can type without um without really hurting my hands hmm. and uh yeah this is a piece of technology of course but for someone that writes as much as i do i love the ability to type as fast as I can. And these this keyboard has a really, it feels like a concert snare drum tuned to an A when you press <laughs> the keys. It's it's bouncy, it's reboundy, it's great. Um, so th those are some some idea technology things I have, but um, but maybe we could talk about some yeah. like actual computer applications. Well, yeah, um, but the, because uh, we're, we're trying to figure out like ways of organizing, like tools that help you organize right so mm -hmm. for me um you had you had mentioned uh dropbox before mm -hmm. for me uh I, I use icloud but mm -hmm. um I, I know dropbox is is super handy um i think mm -hmm. one app that both of us use constantly but we um but we don't it, it's not necessarily organized in itself but it helps you organize and that's mind node Yes. Um, so just being able to, uh, 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 well, maybe I'll, I'll briefly back up. So I, I, I think one very important part of how I stay organized is I've created kind of an input output model, like a, almost a, a software of like how Truesdell uh, works like the Truesdell mm -hmm. operating system and the the input so what happens when an idea comes in what happens when I get a task from somebody else what happens when there's a text message an email how mm -hmm. do I process that information that begets the result 
And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's important for us maybe to sit down and take an hour or so and figure out what are all the variety of inputs that are in our lives and then what happens when that input comes in. So if I have an idea for a mic drop podcast, if a mm-hmm. mic cast comes in, mm-hmm. then what I, what do I do with it? Because if if I think about what I should do with it right now, I might lose that idea. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think your your ability to like, I know I know exactly where that app, that notes app is. I'm gonna touch it and it's gonna uh, open up. So yeah, yeah. Um, for me, that app is OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. And I have a widget on the home screen that's an inbox widget. So essentially I can um, I can just open the phone, tap the button, and there's a blinking cursor and I write the idea down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having as little uh, as little in the way between your idea and capturing that idea is mm-hmm. I think brilliantly critical. So yeah, for me, I like, so. yeah. uh, uh, you know, the idea comes in, goes into OmniFocus, and then you can process it. And then once it comes time for the idea to start to be flushed out, MindNode is a great way to dump the brain about that, and then you can mm-hmm. organize it later. Yeah, what I like about MindNode is you can move stuff around. And yeah. it's great for the beginning of an idea, but it's also great for the end of an idea. Like if you have an idea for like this podcast, you can, you can throw a hundred things in there. Then you can think, well, which of these ideas is dependent on the other one? Is this right. below this one? I kind of was trained to think in outlines, mm-hmm. like the way, you know, when you read a book, maybe how how an author might scaffold an idea. This is clearly the main idea and this one's underneath it. And with MindNode, you seem to discover that as you go, which is kind of nice. You think, oh, actually the main idea was this. And these yeah. are all little children of that. And it's such an easy interface because you can drag around. And then when you're done, it's an e- it's easy to clean it up and it mm-hmm. kind of looks cool and anybody who has been broadly following me on the internet knows that i goodness knows i love a good mind map and i remember <laughs> we've been talking about this man andy bliss who um is a percussion professor at the university of tennessee and he runs this organization called Neefnorf. and once i texted him by the way text message is one of my technologies and I texted him and I, and I asked a question and he said, oh, here is a mind map I made about being a percussionist. And he sent me back uh, a mind map that was, you know, uh, as big. Um, I can't think of something big, but it was pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a galaxy. It was a mind galaxy. It was, it was yeah. taken by the James Webb telescope. <laughs> so I think you, you turned me on to my node, but in terms of usage on my computer, it was either number three or number four yeah. as far as, as app, app usage. And then is there other things that you use to like uh, physically organize? Like what do you use to organize your windows? Yes. Um, of course, I think we both use this program called Notion and Goodness yep. knows there are a lot of resources about this program. Um, I use it on a much shallower level than I think than I think you do. But yes, organization, I think we both use this program called Magnet. And Magnet was the number one program I have used in terms of time. Um, wow. I'll, maybe I'll talk later about how to how to track it. But Magnet is something that PCs can just do, but I use a Macintosh computer. And there's a variety of keyboard shortcuts that can snap a window to 50% left, 50% right, two-thirds left, two-thirds right. And I found that I can really quickly set up windows so I can see two things at once. Um, which means I don't have to touch my mouse. 
which means I'm I'm much faster. So I use that to organize my my digital space. Yeah, um, and I uh, I use Moom. Oh yeah, for that right. Uh, and I know we're, we're we kind of have talked about this already, but the um, but yeah, I use Moom. I think it's it's essentially the same idea. And then mm-hmm. there's also a, a high powered macro that a uh, software that I use called Keyboard Maestro. And mm. that being able to manipulate Windows is like tip of the iceberg in what that program can do. Um, but essentially mm. with just a few keystrokes or uh, on some kind of automation, you can set up a, a workstation, um, open apps, mm. move them around and set yourself up so that if you, let's say, always are zooming into work on a, on a certain day mm. and you need the Zoom window open, you need... Uh, the mind node open, you need the the mic cast uh, notes open or something. All you have to do is press one button and it opens all the apps, puts them into their right location, and you're set to go instead of having to um, build it from the ground up every single time. Yeah, I, I would just say that I think things like this may seem trivial, but they reduce this drag on you in a, a really mm-hmm. powerful way. I was just listening to this Harvard Business Review podcast, Real Page Turner, oh. about and they interviewed somebody about what he called, I think, micro frustrations. And these are the little punctures. Like you get that email and then 45 minutes later, you're still looking up what kind of orange that person was eating in a movie. Or um, a coworker says this thing to you and they think, do I really know what cottage cheese is? And so these little micro things, if you can try to do what's in your power to eliminate them, that's great. I, that's yeah. great. I think the, the one that I use that's much simpler is called Text Expander, Love and it. you can set a keyboard shortcut, a, a variety of keys that can type things. So, like I just wrote a, a little uh, newsletter post about Jacques de la Cluse, and mm-hmm. I set up a keyboard shortcut to write his name out so that I wouldn't have to do it. And uh, oh, I use with all this, the diacritical marks. Yeah, exactly. And I use this um, to type out my website to type out my phone number, to type out my yep. email address, um, and also to type whole paragraphs of text. Like yep. um, if, I'm, if I'm writing something to a prospective student or if I'm writing something like in a syllabus and there's something that I want to always have there, that saves me, I mean, many minutes, many, many minutes. Imagine all the times you've accurate. typed. Yeah, imagine the times you've typed your email address. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's it's more accurate, right? Because like we're all human, we could make a mistake. But having uh-huh, something uh-huh. that reproduces something the same exact way every time, and I know Text Expander is so powerful because you can set up something with um, blank spots where yes. you can type in somebody's name, or you could have a drop down menu for different options. Um, mm-hmm. You could, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a super powerful app, and you can have it on your. Uh, iPhone. I don't think we're getting any sponsorship money for this, are we? I think we should. Um, The other thing about Text Expander that I love, that's called Text Expander, and my uh, bank account number is. No, uh, (laughs) the other thing about Text Expander, it's really easy to put the date in something, the current date or the date for tomorrow or the date for yesterday, which also is something that you're constantly typing. Sometimes you don't, don't even know what date it is. Yeah. And so it's helpful to just type I, on my computer. I think it's apostrophe D zero. And yep. um, and you can say I your sort own... of. Yeah, I evaluated these technologies based on if I was not using my own computer, which one would frustrate me the most? And I think it's it's magnet 
and its text expander. Yeah. I've even remapped some of the keys on my computer. Um, mm. Things that I don't use as often now do something else. Um, something more sinister, I suppose. Wow. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Exactly. Great. All right. What are the what are the ones we haven't touched on that are on the top of your list? Okay. Here are some other ones. So of course I use this program Notion. Maybe not of course um, to keep track of a whole bunch of ideas. But I do like uh, I like to write, and sometimes Notion is a little bit harder to keep track of drafts. Um, mm. So for a while I was using OneNote. Actually, I really like Microsoft OneNote because yeah. uh, it's really easy to add stuff and move stuff around. But I actually use this app called Scrivener mm -hmm. to do some hardcore writing. And Scrivener looks like it's not a big deal, right? <laughs> it's like a word processing. Oh, no, no, it's a typing app. It's a composition app. And their thesis is that Microsoft Word is not a writing program. It's an editing program. It's a mm -hmm. typesetting program. And so this is like on the left, there's all these documents you can create. And the document is not a chapter of a book. It's like an idea in the book and you can sort of drag them around and move them around and then you can kind of compile them together. And the way that I write is that I usually have a number of different documents. Like I have a, a bank of quote quotations from a book um, and I have what I would call a zero draft, which is like a brain barf where I have all my ideas there. And because I find it easier to edit than to write. And then I have a document where I talk about this part, then I talk, talk about this part. And then later I kind of attach them to each other. So what's nice mm -hmm. about Scrivener is that those are all different things. You can open them in different windows and move them around using Magnet. And then you can compile them together. It doesn't do very much. Um, it's really bad with like footnotes and all sorts of stuff like that. But I love it. And so oftentimes I'll write in there then paste it to something else because I, I love the ability to sort of nest things. And it kind of works the way that I work, which is like it's an idea based or sort of mm. quasi chapter based. So I use that program all the time. And along with that, I use this citation manager called Zotero or Zotero. I actually sure. don't, I've never heard somebody say this out loud. I don't um, know. These are not music specific applications, but I do find that oftentimes performing musicians really struggle on the writing side of things. And so these, these are programs that have really, that have really helped me. Um, Let's see, other, other, do you have other music related technologies that you use or other things that have helped you, um, helped you, helped you professionally? Um, well, the, the, I think the last ones that I have, I have a few apps remaining here and mm -hmm. they are, uh, th they go along with my thought that your brain is not meant to hold information. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's meant to be able to make uh, deep connections and come up with ideas and think creatively. And if you're mm -hmm. using your brain to uh, essentially hold information, store things, then it's not it, it's it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So and there's a few things that I didn't realize that I was holding information in there. Mm. Um, but I am, uh, and there, there's a, a, the first thing is, uh, I use Headspace for like as a meditation app and that helps me, uh, with just, uh, making sure I can uh, address an idea and put it aside and be on my task. And mm. it helps a lot with performing because so many times when you're performing, like as that Don Green book, 
performance success talks about that when you're in the performing mindset, there's so many more inputs that happen and the ability to filter them and mm. direct that energy in different ways, I think is directly related to a headspace um, mm. meditation. The, um, uh, the other things that I, I didn't realize that I was super worried about, um, but I am, is what happens when I'm on my computer and that computer uh, you know, shuts down or I don't have access to that information anymore. And so I'm hyper worried about the, the, uh, the documents and the things that are on my computer and the, the redundancy of, of them. So Mm -hmm. I have it all backed up to iCloud, of course, but then there's also this service called Backblaze that makes a Mm -hmm. copy of your computer and stores it in the cloud. And, um, you know, we had a friend who got a computer stolen when he was on tour once Mm -hmm. and that, uh, and essentially all that needed to happen was the, the physical computer needed to be replaced because everything Mm -hmm. was backed up exactly in its own spot to that minute. And all that needed to happen was a hard drive was sent and then uploaded and boom there's the the computer exactly as you left it nothing's different yeah um, yeah and i use backblaze as well i think um, it's a great app um saved, saved my booty <laughs> the uh um the other one is i i though i'm sure uh uh i'm not doing something right in my taxes i don't know but the uh but the whole receipts thing was always a big deal for me like am i keeping track of everything so i've been using Mm -hmm. this app called expensify which i'm sure is a corporate app but i'm using it to take pictures of my receipts i'm able to categorize them later for the irs and it helps me just feel better about myself financially Uh um and then finally in the um in the feeling like not storing these things in my brain um, is an app called Center with uh, okay. only one E, S-E-N-T-R. And that app is a, essentially it's a fitness app. So it helps me like if I didn't want to think about anything, I could just follow a fitness regimen. And, uh, but it also has mindfulness things that you can do every day if you wanted that. And then also just a huge catalog of, uh, great recipes. So wow. I don't okay. really have to sit there and think, what am I going to eat? Or what do I need to do to shop? Like what groceries do I need? That takes a lot of energy for me. So instead mm-hmm. I just have, uh, anytime I come across a good recipe in the app, I can save it. And then, um, I just have a, a list of, of possible recipes and I follow them mm-hmm. and I don't have to think about too much. I can really be more you know, focused on the work. I think this is an epiphanal epiphany for me is what you just said of we're not meant to store information. Mm. And oftentimes I find myself in a position where my wheels are spinning, my brain is just going. And I, it's because I'm keeping a lot of stuff in my head that maybe I, I don't need to. Like having the ability to find things again yeah. is pretty great. And we're sort of living in a post- storage world right whereas (laughs) i mean think about it this way you know for for people my age and older the there there are two things i think about these are technologies right one is the point of going to college used to be to have access to information you could not get if you were not in college yeah like that book is in this library and now you have access to anything Mm -hmm. and the second thing is I think we learned by memorizing things. And mm-hmm. of course, people older than us learned that way too. 
Sure. But now it's so easy to find things. Yep. You know, what's the value of our memory? And I like what you said that maybe we're not meant to remember more than these kind of things. And if you can really focus your mind instead of thinking, where's my retainer? And I think the things I I, uh, I mentioned about focus are like, those are our, that's, that's, that's like a, a window dressing to the deepest question, which is what should I be thinking about? Mm-hmm. Um, one, one other thing I was thinking about as you were talking because I wasn't listening to you was, uh, <laughs> was th- this idea of technology. I think we sit at different, different parts of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I find that with technology, there, for, for some things, there is a huge learning curve, right? But right. once you have it, it saves you a lot of time. Sure. And for other things, it's not worth the effort. Yep. You know, so th- the question I have for you is how do you know with a technology that this is going to be worth you spending 20 hours getting everything going in versus, um, oh, actually, that was kind of a waste of time or I don't need that or that was just a passing phase. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it's really tricky, but I'm also a fairly loyal system user. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my brain hasn't really structured. As we found out yesterday in the, or in the last episode of the writing in the parts, my brain hasn't really changed much. I, I give the same information. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so for those of you who are just, this is your first episode, uh, Mike answered a question about what he writes in his parts and how he writes in it. And it was basically word for word what he <laughs> said four years ago when I interviewed him about this. So I admire your consistency. Uh, so essentially, I I do want to like really think whether it's going to be um, worth my time. But essentially, no matter what, I know that there are these certain things that we have to have systems for in order to mm-hmm. to like function as an adult. Like mm-hmm. I have to have a system for managing my finances. I have to have a system for how I'm going to be physically and mentally be exercised. Yeah. Right? So like essentially you can't lose by diving into something for those mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. need something. For those you can't yeah you can't yeah. do it on your own uh you know you need something so yeah. and I, okay I, I do think it. though you know you could be thinking does this computer program do something that i could do myself in a more efficient or more effective way or does this computer program do something that actually is not really what i need sure I, uh you know like if the program you're talking about to help you keep track of receipts. You could physically keep track of those receipts. Yes. Uh, or, you know, if you, a program to, to help take down your ideas, I could just write them down. And right. I think that that sometimes these computer programs or, or technologies are incremental, yep. but then sometimes they're transformative. They, this, this thing does something I had no idea was possible. And actually that solves a problem that I didn't even know I had. Can yeah. you think of something like that? Well, I think the the benefit to a lot of the technology, like why I would choose a technology approach over an analog approach has mm-hmm. to do with the ability for it to live everywhere, mm-hmm. right? The ability to access it when I'm overseas or to access it when I'm at work or at home. And mm-hmm. 
the ability for me to have that idea exist and be organized in several different ways is something mm -hmm. that's unique to technology. So mm -hmm. the, um, you know, like the, the Ryan holiday method of reading a book and finding out, you know, unique little quotes and things and putting it on an index card, like mm -hmm. that's fine. But the, uh, uh, the ability for me to take that index card and tag it in different ways or replicate mm -hmm. it and duplicate and try to manipulate it is something that's really unique to technology. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, I think that's something that, that because it, we don't need the original technological metaphor, right? The, the technological way of uh, thinking with early computers was this is organized like a physical yeah. object, our desktop. It's yeah. a trash can. It's a recycling <laughs> bin, you know, like, uh, but what you're describing is something that can be in many places at once, but it's actually nowhere. But right. it's it's all sorts of different things. So this is something that is a technology that can really um, that can really help us. The other thing that you said that resonated um, is that uh, the technologies that work the best are the ones that that buttress our strengths and help ameliorate our weaknesses. Yeah. So some things that we mentioned, like I mentioned, I need to be able to write things down really fast because I have a really bad short-term memory, mm -hmm. but I have a really good long-term memory. So mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need the ability to find what was the name of that restaurant I went to because there's a pretty good chance I'll remember it. Mm -hmm. But what I thought of this morning when I was out walking, there's no chance I'm remembering that without, <laughs> without something. And yeah. a lot of the things you described are, are ways to sort of um, do things that you might have trouble doing or yeah. to support things that you have, um, uh, to, to things that you, that you want to strengthen, I think. Sure. Would you say and that's it, true? Yeah. And if like to use your, your thought, like if you're out on your walk and you need to take down an idea and you have an analog method for that, um, I hope that you have that notebook with you. And yeah. if you say, uh -huh. okay, well, I'm always going to have my notebook with you. Um, then that's that's a great solution. However, uh, the one thing that most people will always have with them is a is a phone. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I mean, that's unfortunately at some point you're going to have to take a note into a phone, and then you don't have a system for managing that that idea when it's mm -hmm. in the phone. And then all of a sudden you decide to get a new phone two years later, and you've realized that there's an idea you had in a note from two years ago. Yeah, it didn't yeah. get filed. So, I, I, yeah, uh -huh. I, th I think uh, analog systems are fine and um, and everything, but you want to have something that's repeatable in just about any part of your life. You want to have uh -huh. the ability to capture an idea and then later process it in an effective way. I I think so, but I, maybe my brain just works a little bit differently. Um, I, well, I actually read that brains don't really work differently. Uh, so this is more of a <laughs> metaphor than, than anything else. But I like inconsistency. So I like to imagine that instead of everything being consistent, I have a, a fence around a time or an idea. And within that fence, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And that's what, you know, hence the timer or wither the timer where then later I know, okay, I can move on to the next thing. So for, for me, you know, having the ability to have technology help me be a little manic, mm -hmm. I think is pretty, is pretty helpful. And, and oh, that's yeah. why I kind of oppose this term tech stack, because for me, it's not a stack. 
uh, it's more like um, I would I w- I'm less likely to want a sandwich than I would want to eat a plate of of cheeses that are not <laughs> a stack. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would sure. rather have like a, a, a charcuterie board mm-hmm. than than a stack. So I, mm. I don't know. I think I think you're so, I, I don't mean to negate everything we just talked about because I love using technology. But sometimes I, I think that that um, the technology for me is to help me keep track of like those middle term things because yeah. the, the, that's really the that's really the struggle. So are um, you saying that you prefer low foods as opposed to high foods? I don't like height. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there was this trope in like new American cuisine for a while where everything was like tall. Okay. Um, you know, and it was like, kind of hard to eat, eat things. Sorry, yeah. I, I gestured too wildly. Um, and now we're, we're living in a modernist cuisine world where things are deconstructed. So everything's kind of at the same level. It's like rubble or the, <laughs> the space term is regolith for like oh. rocks on top of another rock. That's basically what I'm eating. Um, huh. So, yeah, I Just, like low yeah. things. Um, uh, crag. Crag. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're eating craggy foods. Yeah. The other thing I, I, I like about I think is necessary with technology Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe could be um, uh, like a, a broader thing to think about is the importance of keeping up with technology. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I think it's important to engage with our contemporary world yeah. to some extent because I, I've I've noticed if if you can get two or three or four generations behind current technology, it's really hard to catch up. Yeah, to what people are doing. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. never in your life have accessed your bank account online Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden there's like an app and there's two-factor authentication it's kind of hard to jump to that i think yeah um yeah so those are some things that are that are on my mind um like for me those are like the adobe softwares um Mm -hmm. i open that up and it looks like i'm launching missiles sometimes (laughs) you know like what are these buttons there's four arrows i i don't even know what a layer is yeah i (laughs) thought i was layering things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um, yeah I, I i don't know what do you what do you think about that yeah mr I, I, analog i love it i love it and it you know i i think that we're always moving and adapting and uh i think the important thing is is trying to figure out basically like what's working for you right now mm-hmm. and it's okay if you're a digital person during the week and an analog person on the weekends or a digital person from nine to five and an analog person at seven. I think that's okay. You don't have to like right now define yourself for the r- remainder of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's okay to, to try, uh, try a new system. And if you're a student in school, like, you know, you're supposed to fail. That's your job mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So try out everything that you've possibly heard of or could think of and mm-hmm. see if maybe a, an analog system is is better for you or if a totally technologically advanced world is better for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Essentially, at a certain point, you're going to slow down on your ability to try. Mm-hmm. Um, so try as long as you can. Yeah, like at this moment. Yeah. I think we both lost our ability to... I- <laughs> Ability to try. I mean, one of the reasons I like talking to you is because you you have you say the sentence a lot. I've been trying, or I've yeah. been using. Right. Um, 
which is a great grammatical construct because it always means you're sort of trying new things. You never text me and say, once again, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I find myself, <laughs> uh, I find myself doing this, but um, yeah. And it's, it's, I think that's a, there's some kind of like psychological problem I have with that because I really want to be consistent. That's my, like, I love consistency. I think it helps, you know, to be consistent for other people, mm-hmm. but on the same side, like that doesn't work for a person. That's not a human being, how we operate. Well, so, you're also testing stuff out. That's going to help you be consistent. It seems sure. like. You know, like, will this technological thing help me achieve analog consistency? Yep. You know, we're talking about that with music. Like what musical, we we play music in an analog fashion. We're not, you and I are not making music electronically. We're not doing DAWs. We're not doing EDM. Um, So we need a way to, to support our analog music making, which is fundamentally at odds with digital music, with digital tools. So we're, when we're playing and we're existing, we're thinking about technologies that can help us play our instruments better. Yes. Um, and those are fundamentally at odds. You know, like what can help us be more consistent? Well, maybe a technology to track what you've done. Sure. Um, or what can make us be consistent? Well, what about a technology that can help you hear what you sound like? Yeah. Um, what about a technology that records yourself to make you nervous? Or what mm. about a technology that slows down a recording so that it's easier to hear what's going on. These are things that I think can legitimately help you in the analog world, but they're not necessarily analog technologies. Like I don't use a metronome that like ticks back and forth. Um, I have a metronome app that I use, but I I use it because um, it can go really slow. Yeah. It it can go 20 beats a minute. Um, And it's consistent. Like the heartbeat of a a Komodo dragon. (laughs) or something <laughs> don't check that <laughs> yeah nobody google this <laughs> so yeah i i i if, if to summarize what you said i i do think there's there's an element where if you want to play music especially classical music or even non-written folkloric music non-notated mm-hmm. music there are technologies that help you engage with that you know like uh, and so it's not, I don't think they're at odds with each other mentally, although like technically they are, they're the opposite sure. of each other. Yeah. And you can, you know, the way that we have to uh, convince a robot that we're not a robot when we sign into things, um, yeah. uh, the rapture effect or whatever. Um, recaptcha. Recaptcha. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, the rapture is, is more biblical. <laughs> It's like a, a app to, to figure out when the rapture is coming. <laughs> it's just a countdown. <laughs> oh, no. Valentine's Day. Bummer. <laughs> Dang. Um, the, uh, uh, but yeah, like the way that we have to convince a robot that we're not a robot. Um, it, sometimes it's nice to use a robot to combat the robot. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. so to take the technology and say, all right, you tell the rest of these uh, technological things that are trying to take uh, away from our ability to practice or the ability to focus on something and uh, and eliminate them, eliminate the distractions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Eventually, mm-hmm. I, I hope that AI gets to a place where it will actually be able to respond to emails for me in my voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and I think it, it already can. You just don't use it, Mr. Boomerang. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I would love that. And I would love the ability to trust it to do that so that really just the like the cream of the crop comes in. That's what I would like. Cream of the crop. Okay. Nice. Um, well, amazing. <laughs> hey, we uh, we solved it. I think we did. And I think what would be helpful is if we actually made a list of things that we used. What if we did it like an annotated bibliography? So we write down what we like and then like a one or two sentence sentence description of why. I know you have one on your website and I stole a lot of those ideas, especially about the Do desk, I? the practice pad, the stand. Oh, yeah. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also have a flat base stand and a, and a, a stool I like to sit on. Yep. And uh, a kind of candy I like to keep in my drawer and uh, a type of type of hook. So I think maybe we can we can talk about our digital technologies and, and write a little little bit of a description of, of how we use them. This is kind of more of a. I guess a broad conversation about um, what is a technology? Oh, sure. Why is a technology? Where is a technology? How is a technology? <laughs> Who? When? Yeah. Who is a technology? The Jeopardy <laughs> answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, amazing. Well, I hope that everybody has uh, enjoyed this. And thanks for tuning in. And stay tuned for more uh, mic casts as they as they come out. And thanks for, uh, for listening, everybody. And thanks, Mike, for those amazing ideas. You too. See you next time. Mm-hmm.